Good morning, Pine Lake Covenant Church. It is such a joy to be with you in worship this morning. Um, Pastor Nancy is like the most dynamic speaker ever. I just love listening to those messages. Thank you, Pastor Nancy. Um, indeed, it is a great joy for me to be here. Our family has been um, preaching and traveling, so it's been a few weeks, and so I am just delighted to be with you in this service. Um, be able to open God's Word together this morning as we've been looking at prayer and what is prayer and how God invites us to prayer and to see that prayer is a lifeline. We've been walking through the Lord's Prayer together, right, and the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. So I wanted to start there before we begin this morning. If you could turn your Bibles or open your thing, the device thingies, we all have many different ones, So to Matthew 6, 9. Let's read this this morning. Our Father in heaven, oh, not that one. Oh, yes, it is. This then is how you should pray. So I forget how it starts. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, I thank you for this moment where we can be in your word together. We come here with hungry hearts to hear from you. Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning. Holy Spirit, deliver this by your power, these words to us today. In your name, amen. So friends, the text that we are in this morning is really only seven simple words. This is the shortest text I've ever been assigned to preach on. (laughs) But oddly enough, there's still like 25 minutes packed into seven words. There's actually probably like three hours packed into seven words, but I'm not going to do that to you. And then that red thing's going to blink at me for a long time. But these seven words that we have today are, give us today our daily bread. That's it. I wonder if Jesus were to be teaching this prayer in today's audience, he might say, give us this day our daily gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, nut-free bread, right? It's more contextualized. Jesus uses bread as an example of necessity. So if Jesus were really trying to connect with today's audience, I think that he would have said, give us this day our daily espresso. Can I get an amen? (laughs) All right. Feels like a necessity. Kind of (laughs) is. Now, I've been on a coffee diet for many, many years now. It's when I drink coffee and then I don't bite people. It's an absolute fail-proof system for me. Even my kids know the system. I heard Annabelle tell Bradley one day, don't talk to mommy yet. She hasn't finished her coffee. Wisdom from a teenager. Yet the great conundrum of my life is that in order to make coffee, I feel like I have to have it first. Does anyone hear what I'm saying? There have been times when I have accidentally poured coffee grounds into my coffee cup and stopped for a minute and thought, I think I'm missing a step. There have been times when I have poured coffee not grounded into my French press and looked at it and thought, I think I'm missing a step here. The struggle is real. Now, for a while... I switched to decaf. And of course, I did this with great graciousness, like the spiritual giant that I am. It's not like I complained about it all the time, right, Austin? But for the benefit of your staff, so that they could enjoy their midwinter conference with me and not regret every minute we were together, I switched back to caffeinated coffee for the week we were together in Florida. You are welcome. Now, Kyle apparently likes to laugh in the face of danger. And in class one day, he stole my coffee can and hid it from me. 
And then he watched me hunt for it for like an hour through my bags. What did I do with it? (laughs) Necessities indeed. So friends, we have seven words today. Give us this day our daily bread. It's small, but embedded in the, in the veins of these words is a sacred divine visitation to our hearts. This prayer is a lifeline. Jesus invites us to four things in this prayer that we're going to walk through today. Reliance, trust, freedom, and community. The prayer is simple, yet it is deeply life-altering, if we allow it to be. My sister and I have a joke she'll call and tell me, Becca, I have a word from God for you. And I say, great, let's hear it. As long as it doesn't challenge, convict me, or ask me to change my life in any way. Go ahead. Let's do it. I told Rob the other day, I'm like, oh, this sermon is really convicting me. And he readily offers. He goes, oh, no, I can help you rewrite it. (laughs) Right? So Jesus gives us life-altering prayer and an invitation to an upside-down kingdom of heaven life together. As we've examined in the weeks prior, Jesus begins the prayer with, Our Father who is in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done. This reorients us positionally. God is our Father, and we are his children, and we are saying that we want what he wants, his will, right, and his kingdom. This is what we are about, and in this position now we can begin this petition. Let us just start with two words, give us. Give us is an invitation to reliance. Give us, even this beginning unsettles me a little bit, doesn't it, you? Like, I feel like it should be more like, please give us, right? A little more polite. But Jesus shows us that we can come boldly to God like a child and reminds us um, that we can do this Fully, just give us. And it reminds me of the times when, like, Annabelle will waltz into the kitchen and she'll grab me by my face and go, Give me pizza. You know? It delights me most of the time. But in just two words, this give us, Jesus points us back to the giver. Jesus says to pray, Give us. And so we are taught to reach out to God as our giver, cultivating within us a right reliance on God, right? James 1:17 tells us, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights. Everything comes from God. He is provider of all that we have and all that we need and all that we will ever need. Like children, friends, we are utterly dependent on God, our Father, for everything. So when we pray, Father, give, we are reminded then that no matter how hard we work, no matter how competent we are in our vocations, no matter what we've inherited or earned, everything is from God. Amen? God invites us to rely on him as the ultimate sustainer and source of life. This is an invitation to worship. God invites us to remember his all-encompassing self-sufficiency to meet our every need. And so in this, friends, God also invites us to lay down our idols of self-sufficiency. These two words, give us, put into practice, releases me from a tyranny of a self-supply and demand operation that I get chained to that is void of divine power in my life. 
a fleshly factory reliant on my own means and my own methods and my own strength. And you know what that pays out in? Exhaustion and burnout and a pride that comes before the fall. So these two words, friends, it gives me a safeguard from falling into the all-consuming, life-sucking nature of over-identifying with my work production and paycheck. It's a safeguard from that bottomless pit of anxiety about where my value and my worth comes from. Amen? Give us. God is the giver. We are receivers. Holy buckets. Who knew that two words? We already have so much going on in here. Okay, who is our provider? God, our Father. Who are we? His children. And what does he teach us? Reliance. Now, there's a song that's been stuck in my head all week because of this. It's that song from Great is Thy Faithfulness, right? All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Right? Great is thy faithfulness. Lord unto me. Let's look at the next couple words. This day, our daily bread, is an invitation to trust. This day. What do we need for this day? When Anna was about six years old, she had never seen a commercial before. We, you probably understand this because we grew up on like platforms, Netflix and Disney. We didn't have table. We don't have cable. We don't have TV. So she's at grandma's house one day and she's watching a cooking show and suddenly the cook disappears and something's happening and she doesn't know what it is. So she's like, grandma, what doing? Put the cook back on. And grandma's like, oh honey, it's a commercial. It's okay. And Anna goes, what's a commercial? (laughs) And grandma says a commercial is a, a way of telling you that you don't have something that you actually need. And so Anna watches the commercial And it says, does your stomach hurt? Do you feel gassy and bloated all the time? Try Activia yogurt. Now, Anna's eyes get wide and she turns and goes, Grandma, I need that. (laughs) Now I have to ask you, friends, fast forward 10 years later, what is the only yogurt that Anna will eat to this day? Activia yogurt, 100%. What do we need daily? What do we need for this day? Give us this day our daily bread, Jesus says to his audience. And the Jewish disciples who are listening to Jesus teach will no doubt immediately be thinking of their collective historic experience in the desert with manna. The pivotal catalytic liberation event in the life of Israel was the Exodus, where God led the people of Israel out of slavery, out of oppression, and then into the wilderness where he alone provided for their every need. Here in the wilderness, Israel was completely dependent on God for their daily basics like food and water, and they cried out to God to help him help them, and God provided for them a bread-like substance that fell from the heavens, it was cardamomy, honeycomby, flaky, white stuff. And they'd never seen it before. In fact, they called it manna, which literally means, what is it? It's kind of like when I put vegetables in front of my children at dinner, like, what is it? <laughs> God commanded them to only gather then what they needed for one day. No more. Take what you need for your daily needs, not your daily greeds. Do not hoard it. Do not store it, he commanded them. If they did try to store it, the next morning they woke up and it was rotten. (laughs) 
What a lesson on trust. God promised, I will provide for you what you need today. Trust me. Trust me. I will provide daily. The Hebrew word for provide has a root ra'ah, which means to see. Friends, God, our Elroy, the God who sees you, the God who sees you in your needs, the God who sees you in your desert, the God who sees you in your desperation, the God who sees will see to it. He will see to it, to your needs. And time and time and time again in scripture, God reminds them about the manna. Remember how I fed you in the desert, how there was enough for each day. So don't worry about tomorrow, he says. Friends, praying this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, invites us to the same powerful lesson. Do not worry. We can trust God. He will see to it. He dresses the lilies of the valley. He feeds the birds of the air. He clothes the grass of the field. So why worry about tomorrow, Jesus says. Therefore, don't be anxious, saying, what shall we eat and what shall we drink and what shall we wear? Don't be anxious about tomorrow. Your heavenly Father knows what you need before you even ask for it. The God who sees you will provide for your daily needs. The God of abundance graciously meets us in our scarcity mentalities, friends. There is enough for today. It's that song again, right? Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. This day, our daily bread. Now let's talk about bread. Get into the good part. Who here just loves bread? Lauren Neely, where are you? <laughs> Annabelle Worrell. <laughs> Who could just eat a whole loaf of French bread in one sitting? <laughs> All right, who are we? Are we French bread people? Sourdough? Rye? Oh, have some rye bread. Nothing is better than a slice of thick, hot, crusty French bread with a little butter, or a lot of butter. I've attempted to make bread. That's the end of that story. That's about all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> I do not know how something so basic and simple can end up so wrong. It's, why is it? Why? I'm just not a baker. But Jesus chooses the most humble of all foods. He chooses the food of necessity of his context. So in Congo, where I grew up, it might be daily fuku. That's what it was called. Um, kind of a substance white thing. In Japan, maybe rice. In Kenya, it would be ugali. Ugali and sakumawiki all the way. It was so good. Jesus teaches us, friends, to pray for bread, a simple, humble, basic necessity of life. Now, this prayer, like I said, has been working on my heart, and I've been sitting with it, and I've been praying with it daily, and because of that, I am reminded of all that I have beyond necessity, or Baloo would say the bare necessities, all I have beyond bread the extravagant blessings of my life. What gifts, for sure. It cultivates gratitude. But beyond that, in this prayer, Jesus confronts the courses I get so easily set on of overconsumption and wants and waste, of normalizing consumerism in my life, of excess and self-indulgence. 
It's so easy to become numb to the spiritually eroding effects of such values. And so Jesus is asking me in this prayer about bread. Becca, what is a necessity? How much is enough? My daughter, what are the affections of your heart? Are they in line with the affections of my heart? Do they take the place of God first? What are you consumed with wanting? Becca, are there appetites that you are feeding that are leaving you empty? Does my consumption look like trust and reliance? Have I reoriented my life around my king's kingdom values? Am Am I holding lightly Or am I obsessively attached to the gifts of life? Or do I hold them with an open hand back to God? Are they a window into God's heart or a barrier? These are challenging questions that God has been giving me that has risen in this prayer. Friends, it's been a long journey for me of breaking free, of operating out of spiritual and relational paradigms of guilt and shame. And I used to approach convictions like this with such shame. Friends, that is not of God, okay? When God confronts us with these things, with the misplaced affections of our heart, when Jesus reveals to things in me about my greed or covetousness or my discontent spirit, I know he does so because he loves me. He loves me. He loves us. He loves you. And so his challenge here that that can be that double-edged sword of truth that illuminates and challenges me, it flows out of his heart of love and grace for us. Jesus longs to bring us into wholeness and shalom, to keep us from ugly bondage to worldly values that promise to sustain us, but they only emaciate us. Jesus longs to set us free, friends, from excessive bread-grabbing, hoarding way of life and into the freedom of reliance on him, the true source of life. Jesus longs to set us free and into kingdom-oriented living that says, not my will, but your will be done in everything. Jesus invites our hearts to stretch out beyond idols of excess and reach out to the God of enough. And so he asks us, what is enough? Will we ever have enough bread? What is enough bread? Do we connect maybe to that song from The Greatest Showman? This is becoming a musical. Never enough, never, never. It's a horrible song. Horrible. (laughs) Never enough for me. But yet, that is the question, what is enough? And so Jesus, though, right now, he invites us to rethink what enough means. Marsha Wedeker invites us, an author that I love, to ask about enough in a new way. Do I have enough gratitude to appreciate the gifts I've been given? Do I have enough integrity to not hoard more than I need? Do I have enough trust to believe that I will be amply cared for? Do I have enough hospitality to share what I have with others? Do I have enough contentment to keep me from obsessing over things beyond my means? Wow, friends, what incredible way to reorient around the word enough, right? 
Do we have enough? And it is freedom. It is freedom. To pray for bread sets me free from the tyranny of never enough and more, more, more. It's getting quiet in here, right? Amen. Let's look at two more words, us and our. These are possessive nouns, right? Possessive nouns? I'm not in school. Yes, I am in school, but I don't remember those things. I think they're possessive nouns. Us and our. Give us this day our daily bread. This prayer cultivates community. Notice how Jesus says, doesn't say give me my, it's give us our daily bread. It's not just about me. It's about you and me. It's about us. I belong to you. You belong to me. Again, this is a musical sermon. The Lumineers sing this song, but I think Jesus says it better. God says it better. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Yes. Am I my brother's keeper? Absolutely. Love your neighbor as yourself? Yes. Us and our. Jesus teaches us to pray for both our provision and for the needs of others. He invites me to be the answer to the prayers of other people praying for their daily needs to be met. Right? Again, this prayer is seven words, but it's so reorienting. Because us and our confronts our idols of individualism and autonomy. And the question is not do I have enough bread, but do we have bread together? Remember, Jesus starts this with, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What are we praying for? For God's will to be done. So what are we called to participate in? God's will. And what is God's will? Well, one of the things of God's will is to feed the hungry. At a quick glance, friends, there's a hundred biblical references about feeding the hungry and caring for the basic needs of the poor. Another count had 158. That's a lot. This is what God cares about. The hungry. Jesus identifies with the hungry. He said, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. You gave me water. Whatever you do to the least of these, you do to me. God speaks through his prophet Isaiah. He says, is this not the kind of fasting, the kind of religious activity that I want is to loose the chains of injustice, to set oppressed free? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? Spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and your light will shine in the darkness. Give us our daily bread. The story goes in the gospel that a crowd of nearly 10,000, it said 5,000, but they didn't count women. We're going to count women. So it's 10,000. We're following Jesus late in the afternoon, and the 12 came to him and said, send the crowd away so they can go and find food and lodging because we are in this remote place. And he replies to them, he says, you feed them. And they answered, well, we only have five loaves and two fishes. And so Jesus says to his disciples, okay, that's good. Let's put that in your 401k and hope it's enough for later. <laughs> he says, no, I'm going to take what you have and I'm going to break it and bless it and multiply it. There is daily bread for the us and for the our and for the thousands when we give it back to Jesus and watch his divine multiplication happen. Friends, God is inviting us to share our bread. You feed them, he says to us. Maybe the question in this is, how is God meeting the daily needs of those who don't have their daily needs met? The question is, how am I being invited into meeting the daily needs of my neighbor? How is God inviting us? What does God's kingdom on earth look like in the us and the our? We are invited to a kingdom bakery life 
to kneading out our blessings into bread for the world. We are blessed to be a blessing, Dominique Gilliard says in his book. How can we leverage our privilege to give for others? It's freedom. It's community. Prayer is a lifeline we've been praying, we've been talking about. It's a lifeline. This prayer is a lifeline. These seven words are a lifeline. Lifelines are things that save us. CPR, the defibrillator, the rescue boat, the door from the Titanic that was big enough for two. It's the life jacket I tightened as tight as I could when I was white water rafting the Nile over class five rapids with hungover guides who tried to flip us out of the boat and succeeded. So you better believe I clung to that lifeline for my life every time I fell out of the boat. It's the oxygen mask that falls from the plane, which has only happened to me once on a plane. Anyone else? All right. Did we put it on? You better believe I put that sucker on, <laughs> even though we weren't crashing. Give us this day our daily bread, friends, is a lifeline prayer. It's a rescue. It's a rescue. So let's grab onto it today because we need it. It rescues us from the kingdoms of this world and ushers us into a kingdom on heaven or kingdom of heaven on earth way of life. It brings us into life and life to the fullest. Friends, I need this prayer. I need it because it leads me to the heart of the hungry and therefore to the heart of my God. It realigns me with my king and my king's kingdom. I need this lifeline prayer, an oxygen mask on me to keep me from making impotent idols out of individualism and excess and consumerism that continue to leave me so hungry. We need this lifeline prayer to excavate our hearts and reveal to us the appetites we are feeding that are starving us. And the fears and the desires we've become subjugated to, it releases us from bondages. It is a lifeline prayer teaching me to rely and trust on God for everything. And so the invitation is ours today to pray this prayer boldly. Give us. God is the giver, our Father, who loves us, and we are his children, and so we learn reliance. This day... God provides daily. The God of enough will see to it so we can trust him. Our bread, God supplies necessities so we enter into freedom. Us and our, God invites us to his heart and we enter into community of belonging to one another. Amen. Now there are responses that have been a part of our worship in the last few weeks. Responses that are back here that while we sing, while we worship, we can have a moment to come back and, and write a tile of response to what God is saying in your heart today. There is something stirring. So go and write and respond to God and put it up here as a visual way of saying, yes, I hear you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to be about that. And so as we sing, we can take some time because maybe we need to reflect a little bit before we go back and respond. Um, so we can do this today as a community. And I, I urge you to do that. I also urge you to find someone to pray with. 
Whatever is going on in your heart this morning, find someone to pray with over this. Don't leave here the same way we came. Let us pray. Jesus, we praise you for your word that transforms, illuminates, and shapes us into your image. Thank you for coming to give us life and life to the fullest, life abundantly. And we confess, God, that we are always looking to other places to fill us up that's leaving us so empty. So we thank you for asking us hard questions. Let us not turn away from them. Teach us each day to rely on you and to trust in you and to tune our hearts to freedom and to each other. Jesus, teach me how to give and how to give away and how to receive and how to surrender and how to live a life of simplicity and generosity and trust in you. Jesus, we hail you as king. You have given us everything, everything, everything. So we give it all back to you with open hands. We love you. We love you. We love you. In your precious name.